Hi FM presents South African politics and news with the South African Institute of Race Relations. The IRR show, independent, relevant and real, is hosted by Sarah Gon every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10, promoting life, liberty and property rights. I'd like to welcome, if he's on the line, Ed Stoddard. Yes, hi, good morning to you and your listeners. Hi, Ed. Um, I, I read up, and it, it, it accords with your accent, that you are originally from Canada and came to South Africa via Lithuania. This is true, that's right. And um, in fact, when I lived in Vilnius at one point, I lived in the former ghetto there. Ah, okay. Now, of course, you, you, you're talking to an audience who's probably almost entirely, if not entirely, almost entirely their forebears, including my own, came from uh, Lithuania. So it, I, I gather this is the most in, Lithuanian intense Jewish community in the world. Yeah, yes, it is. That's certainly my understanding. And in fact, when I first came to this country in 1998 with Reuters, I, uh, I wrote a feature about that at that time. Because mm-hmm. um, it, kind of, it kind of struck me that that was indeed the case. Very different, very, much more orthodox, uh, very, very uh, learned environment that people came from. So they had, they had perhaps a little di- a different quality to a lot of other communities. Um, Ed, um, I, I wanted to really ask you about a specific case, but I'm going to sort of phrase it in the context of the fact that South Africa has become an increasingly undesirable investment destination. And in the past few years, we have tended to deal with the, the, the raft of, of, uh, government legislation that has narrowed the space. It has put obligations on companies with regard to BEE. It has made regist- uh, applying for mineral rights to be very difficult. It's been very slow and, and, thus, and so on and so forth. But now we've started to have, and not just in the mining industry, but in other areas as well, outside factors that in, go impinge directly on the desire of anyone to come in from outside or inside even for that matter to to invest in this country. You've looked in detail at the case of Rio Tinto. Will you will you give us a brief a brief idea of what that is about and, and why that is has made us such a huge investment risk? Yes, okay. So in the case of Rio Tinto, and of course Rio Tinto is one of the three largest mining companies in the world. Um so it's quite a significant player on, on the global stage. And, um, it, and uh, it has been running an operation, uh, uh, RBM, uh, Richards Bay Minerals now, uh, for several years down by Richards Bay, um, mining uh, titanium slag, which, which sounds um, – it, it doesn't sound very pleasant, but if you brush your teeth, <laughs> chances are you've uh, – You've actually had titanium slag in your mouth because it's one of the key ingredients for toothpaste and also okay. <laughs> and also for pigments um, and for paint and, and things like that. And it's and it's, actually it provides about something like ten or fifteen percent of, of the world's supply of, of this product. And and it's done. In, uh, my understanding is and um, I know uh, some of your listeners might might know better than me. Who are on, on the conservation side of things. Um, but I, I also report quite extensively on the environment and mm-hmm. my understanding is that they do it in a, in a pretty environmentally, uh, friendly way or at least a relatively mm-hmm. 
Um, so you know, so they've got so so basically, and it's and it's the biggest uh, private sector um, sort of taxpayer in in KZN, uh, employing about five thousand people. And last year, it, it contributed directly eight billion rand to the South African economy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's a big plan. And, and two years ago, they had a massive expansion plan of about four hundred sixty-five million dollars. So what is that now? You know, close to six billion rand or what have mm-hmm. you. Um, and they put that on ice because of community protests. Mm-hmm. More recently, the things have gotten even more violent. And of course, in May, the general manager. Nico Schwart was yeah. fascinated. And he's not the first uh, mining, senior mining manager to be, to basically be murdered in South Africa this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Awel Sempe, who was a director at the Blyfor mine uh, here in Western Hauteng, mm-hmm. uh, he, was, he was assassinated in March, and he was also the leader of the in-house union there. So, and basically, so and, and so, if you have a company like Rio Tinto, it's it's got um, it, it's it's got a global pool of investors that include pension funds and mm. things like that. And you know they don't you know they they're going to look askance at a, a jurisdiction where where the rule you know where protests and violence are, are take are taking place and where the and where senior managers are are being assassinated. Mm. That's right. That sends the wrong signal. Mm. That goes without saying. Mm. So that, that's so basically now in, in the wake of, 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 of his murder, uh, protests have continued. There's been outright intimidation. It, it, it seems that there are factions, if I can use that term, mm-hmm. on the ground that, you know, want people from their community employed. Or, or, or want a slice of, a, uh, of contracts, of the procurement contracts, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's behind the violence. Mm-hmm. And so Rio has now just said, look, because of this violence, and again, and being mindful of what people now call uh, ESGs, environmental, social, and governance issues, mm-hmm. they, they, they can't risk having, you know, more uh, other employees hurt or, or, or killed, damaged to property and all that. So they've just mothballed the operation. Mm-hmm. Now, so now five thousand people without work, and, and and just on this, by the way, and the government is fairly tone deaf about this. Yeah. So the president has a newsletter yesterday, <laughs> weekly newsletter, and he talks about how there needs to to how there needs to be more investment in mining because there is a commodities boom going on at the moment, and doesn't mention anything about this. Mm. It's a complete decoupling from reality. Mm. No, I must say, um, I am a stern uh, critic of almost every uh, weekly newsletter he sends out for exactly that reason. Uh, is Invariably, he, he, has, he takes a view on something that either he's not prepared to share the bad news or he uh, just, doesn't, just doesn't get it. Um, I mean, one of the things you mentioned, you talk about the 5,000 people now being out of work. And, of course, the problem with that is that... Uh, those 5,000 people represent probably another five times as many more people at least who are being supported. Mm. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and the thing is, too, now, the, and and so if you look at the region as a whole, northern KwaZulu-Natal, mm. north of Richards Bay, as as I frequently do, as my, it, it's, it, it's, 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 it depends 
relies very heavily on ecotourism. Mm-hmm. You've got Kosi Bay, you've got mm-hmm. the diving and fishing at Sedwana Bay, you've got St. Lucia, you've got Shishlui Imphalosi, uh, you've got Isamangalisu. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and, and right now, uh, you know, as how tangers are locked down, um, and if you go to Sedwana or any of these places, typically two-thirds of the license plates you will see will be GP, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that whole region is, is, is suffering now anyway, especially under this renewed lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now this, and now suddenly thousands of people are, are without work. Um, and it's basically in this case because the, the, the police couldn't do their job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do I understand that uh, in, in, with, my, with this sort of mining, one's actually dealing with open costs? Mining. Uh, yes, that's that's right. That's right. So it's also so it's also quite safe because mm. it's generally underground operations for obvious reasons just yeah. to be uh, a lot more dangerous. Right. Um, but I assume that because they're open cost, um, the the gangs and the factions and um, whoever's best armed um, might get easier access to to the mining operations. Yeah, but I th- no, no. I, I think to extract this resource, it, it take, it's a fairly sophisticated. Okay. Process. So no, I, I don't think that there's a kind of a Zama element involved mm. here. Mm. Um, although now to come back, I just mentioning Zamas to come back um, to what was transpiring at um, at Blayfor, mm. um, that appeared to have possibly have been a, a Zama. Um, uh, a Zama issue, right? Uh, in the background, using unions as kind of a proxy for different Zama factions. Mm-hmm. But but in this kind of case, um, no, it, it's it's more just trying to get a, trying to say we want you know people from from this area to have jobs mm. and we want to get this contract and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, I wonder whether. Um, the problem with one of the problems with our government is they really don't they, they they may have a sort of broad picture of what's going on but because they they don't seem to have a grip on the some of the specifics of the range of different industries there are and the fact that an industry such as mining is supported by a whole range of other industries that provide services to it the extent at which for which the extent to which unemployment, particularly as a result of these lockdowns, has a knock-on effect, is not actually sufficiently uh, recognised. No, no, probably not. That's right. So again, so Rio, you know, there's five thousand direct jobs, but then, then on top of that, there was, uh, there will be, well, you know, some of the the procurement contracts that some of these gangsters apparently want to uh, uh, um, uh, have a piece of. Um, mm. They're not going to be going out now. So, so the is this with the operation mothballed? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there will be a huge knock-on uh, on effect, and and small businesses will be affected, and 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 more people will will be going out of work. I I, I recall, and uh, you can probably tell me exactly that our minister of mineral affairs, what minister minister mineral and energy affairs, uh, Gwedi Mantashe has sort of basically put out a statement to the effect that uh, assassinations are not good for the uh, image of the country um, or something to that effect. I yeah. would say that's probably an understatement. Of course it's an understatement. That's right. And, and he said that when he went down there to visit. 
Mm. Um, which kind of, uh, you know, underscored, uh, I suppose, the significance uh, uh, of the matter. But it was it was just too little, too late. Mm. Um, and there's not much, um, and there's not much that he can do anyway, um, unless there's presumably uh, the suspicion is that there could even that if there could be A and C and IFP factions fighting yes. back here yes. too. Right. So, but he obviously wasn't able to sort that out. But at the end of the day, the police minister ha- has to uh, has to sort it out. But um, oh we, we, we all know the woeful state of the South African police service. Um, this comes in. It's just sort of it's just sort of taking it up a notch because the mining industry has always had to deal with periods of instability and and really quite horrible violence, and it's usually. Uh, trade union related or it's um, uh, political or both um, and but this this where you have a, a manager actually assassinated I presume just to send a message rather than you know any particular animus against him other than perhaps that he wasn't in a position to hand out contract this this takes it to a whole new level I mean surely it must make mining just just increasingly unattractive for investors. Um, the, the, the amount they have, the hoops they have to jump through, the risks they have to take are so great that this is not, a, this is not an environment for anyone. Well, exactly, and that's why Rio pulled the plug, right? Mm-hmm. And Rio, I mean, and, and, and Rio Tinto, I, um, you, you know, given uh, its 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 revenues and the scale of its operations elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, RBM is is. Uh, Probably, um, I haven't looked at the exact data right now, I'm sorry, but RBM probably, you know, c- contributes uh, a small percentage to its bottom line. Right. So if that, of that size, uh, uh, can do that. Right. And they, and they might, uh, you know, they might take a, they, they might even write off the operation, um, and get some kind of, uh, tax break out of it in Australia. Right. You know? Right. So right. they, but, you know, so a, a company, yeah, so I mean, a company that size just just can't be bothered with that kind of a headache, right? Well, I think I read quite recently, and I'm not sure if it was some, uh, a company in the mining industry or in another industry, um, basically saying that the that South African operations added three percent to their profit and thirty percent to their compliance, and that is not a good return. No, 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 of course not. And the thing is, so the mining industry also has to, um, they have to adhere to social and labor plans and things like that, which are, which are very detailed. And, um, you know, this is partly because of the, of, of the legacy of, of mining. I mean, I mean, the mining mm-hmm. industry does, uh, have, uh, a, a very dubious history, uh, yeah. quite frankly. Um, it was, uh, you, you know, the whole um, uh, uh, homeland system and right. things like here were, 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 were that, that, that the kind of migrant labor force that was drawn from from that uh, yeah. was was grotesquely exploited. Um, for decades, uh, real uh, wages uh, declined. Um, so the mining industry has has um, has been saddled with social obligations because of of, of its legacy and its past, mm-hmm. um, but but you know as a result uh, in in many cases now it, it, it fulfills the role of, of the state. 
Mm. Local government can mm. build, whether it's in terms of clinics or or schools being built and, and that kind of thing. In mine communities, communities, it's it's a mining industry that's doing mm. because that's of int- labor plans. But um, yeah, exactly. And our, our RBM says, I mean, last year they spent five hundred million rand in their community. Yeah, if so that's how are we spending that this year. That that's a that that's a, I, I was I was particularly struck by um, comments made by Neil Fruneman of Sibania. Um, regarding, I think he was he was complaining bitterly about what was then at the time, Gwedi Mantashe would not allow more than what was 10, 10 megawatts of power to be produced uh, privately, and he was saying that the the mining being a mining a big mining company in this country is is involves so much because they have to make up for what the government at all levels is not providing. To the community that lives, works in and lives around the mine. And he was, as is his wont, and I appreciate him for this, he was very, very scathing about this. And I think this goes to the point, uh, that you are making that the, and, and, and something that I'll, if you'd hang on, if you'll hang on during, for the ad break, I'd like to pick up later, perhaps with other, uh, um, industries is, are, are they, are the things that we never thought that people would raise as being, problems for doing business. So, Ed, if you'll stay with me for a sure. short air break, yeah. I'll come back to you. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Ed, welcome back, and welcome back to the listeners. The The issue I wanted to raise and get your comment on were the fact that we are now seeing industries or rather companies being shut or moving because the services that are meant to be provided by local councils, municipalities, are so poor that businesses cannot operate, whether they are the state of roads, the provision of water, the provision of electricity, etc. So we've seen Clover move from the northwest to um, KZN. Uh, we've seen Astral Foods get a an interdict or a, 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 an award, a court award, instructing the court, sorry, instructing the government to provide the services that they need. This surely, given the state of our municipalities and the fact that only I think 27 of them had clean audits, um, this is a this is a real shocker. I mean, it's it's a it's 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 literally going to could drag industry to the ground once and for all. Yeah, well, it, it certainly has the potential to do that. That's for sure. Because if you can't, I mean, it, I mean, what do you require to uh, run an operation like a dairy, for mm. example, which was in the case of Clover in, in Lichtenberg, um, mm. in Northwest? Yes. Yeah. So you need, you, you know, you need good roads because you need to get um, your, your product to market, right? And you need to um, bring in. Um, goods and services um, to service uh, your operation, right. and then you need you need a reliable power supply, right? <laughs> and uh, and we all chuckle about that um, because you know to uh, to to have to have self generation is expensive and things mm-hmm. like that, and then um, uh, on top of that you also need you need reliable water. Mm. Particularly, right? yeah. things like that. Yeah, it's not. Ju- it's not just so that your staff can, you know, wash their hands or flush. Yes, their hair, exactly. Right? It's. Uh, I mean, you know, water's. Uh, it's something like a dairy. Um, uh, is going to uh, re- require um, 
is, is actually going to be fairly water intensive in mm-hmm. some of its operations. So it's, um, and then you see that, uh, too, with, 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 with all kinds of other sectors. Mm-hmm. So you just need, so you need roads, you need power, you need water. And this is the kind of stuff, again, that local government is supposed to be, be providing. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's often a failure to do so. And, and this is why we have, um, uh, a service delivery protests, for example. Mm, mm. But then, of course, that, that's also a disincentive. Sure, this is a protest. Service delivery protests, you don't, you can't operate if people are burning tires in the road and 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 blocking the roads and and things like that mm. um, for perfectly, probably understandable reasons. But anyway, yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 a it's it's a very it's a very ugly scenario, and it seems to be, and um, that. Perhaps it's just the period of, you know, 27 years when you've allowed all these factors that in, in, encourage disintegration. It's just hit that point where if you, if you don't have people who know what they're doing, providing services, maintaining things and fixing things, they've now reached a point where they just disintegrate. I mean, you, you, you literally and, – and you don't have the people there to – who, who actually know enough of what they're doing – to, to restore a lot of this. And that's why you've suddenly got this sort of what appears to be um, countrywide near collapse uh, in roughly a five-year a five-year period. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. Am I, am I wrong? Am I, is, it, is, is there another reason for it? Yeah, well, another reason too, of course, is because you have um, uh, ANC caters who are in, who are put in these positions and they want to and 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 um and 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 it's a, a part of a, a patronage network mm. that then also begins to feed into to the networks the webs of corruption so you give uh so the tenders you give are are, are done to enrich yourself without any um thought about you know providing services proper services to the wider community. It's about enriching yourself uh, or your cronies. Mm, mm. Um, no. It becomes a bit of a, it becomes a bit of a, a vicious cycle. So, yeah. And this is the area in which the, in which uh, Sir Ramaphosa has very vehemently said, we are going to increase and improve um, cadre deployment. I mean, the, the, without a doubt, sing, probably singly that lumped with BE has probably done more damage than anything else, and yet our president insists that we're going to have more of it, which uh, it, it, it sounds, it's almost like a suicide note of, 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 of consequence. Um, just, to, just a little, um, almost funny little anecdote that I heard. I don't know if it's true or whether it, it, it is a joke, but it, it has, it has a resonance. Is the Omar Rusk factory in Maltino in the Eastern Cape, is struggling to deliver its rusks because its potholes, its road is so potholed that its rusks are breaking up before they get to the to the retailers. And I think that's a sort of metaphor for uh, for us for South Africa as it now stands. It's a broken rusk country. It's a. <laughs> oh, and we we always had the edge on rusks. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, Ed, what I, sorry, what I wanted to ask you was the. Where do where where do things given particularly something like roads, is there any movement any development to your knowledge on whether we can expect something from the railways? 
no, no I, I wouldn't uh, expect too much on that front. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. to, to be honest. Uh, tr- I mean, the, the railway network has, has serious issues, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why um, why we have so many uh, trucks on the road. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's exactly why I asked. It's because you know, presumably one one of the solutions should be to get people back onto rail for delivery purposes, um, not put tons of truck on uh, on small, fairly delicate roads. Well, that's right. Yeah, because big, because big trucks do uh, do cause damage, and um, and also getting back. I mean, I mean, there's also a big drive towards um, clean energy and things like that, and having these diesel belching. Uh, mm. Trucks in, in, in a few years' time, um, if um, if will be included in the carbon mm. uh, footprint of, of your company, mm. and 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 can and as a result, you may find it incre- that your um, that your ultimate end market is um, increasingly fussy, and that you will be losing market share because of the. The amount of, of carbon that it takes to produce and, and deliver your product. Well, that's just um, which, which is another reason why South Africa really does need to move away yeah. from ESCOM and and coal. Yeah. And this is something too that that mining executives have also brought up, including yeah. Neil Poneman. Well, uh, yes. I, I, funny enough, you say that as, as again. I was his his comment about the fact that his investors, um, foreign investors. The, the expectation is that they they will move to uh, to other forms of energy, and the only way they can do it with any reliability is to be able to do it themselves. And this was part of what made him so angry about the uh, the delays by uh, by the mining um, uh, by the Department of Mineral and Energy Affairs. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. In in allowing for self generation, so that um, so that these mining companies can begin moving towards solar. Um, look, I mean, on the ESCOM front, the one thing about RBM is that they uh, they have a smelter there. Yes, and, um, smelters typically, you know, use three or four hundred five. They use hundreds of megawatts, right? They're mm, mm. incredibly intensely powerful. Yes. So, you know, that's now, you know, so now I guess ESCOM has some spare capacity on the grid. Yes. But you see how that's, how that's the <laughs> double-edged sword. <laughs> um, Ed, I think on, that, on the note of that double-edged sword, um, we have to, I have to bring it into a disturbing but fascinating conversation. And thank you very much for, uh, for being with us and joining us this morning. Great. Uh, Thank you very much for uh, having me.